David Carradine was a huge TV and film star from a big show business family who had an impressive body of work behind him. On June 3rd, 2009, he was found naked hanging by his neck in a seedy Bangkok hotel room. Was it suicide, murder, or just a regular guy jerking off while strangling himself? Next on Death and Entertainment. Live from Los Angeles. 911, what is your emergency? Here in Hollywood now. Two counts of murder, injury, and death. Oh my God! Shocking new details that has stunned the entertainment world. Um, this makes me a little nervous. The hair stood up on my arms. Just like in the movies. Ah! What do you call this thing, anyway? Death in entertainment. Hello, everybody. Hey. And welcome to a holiday season edition. <laughs> Tis the season. <laughs> this is a holiday edition. Cozy up next to the fire. Well, we're, well, we're in, into the, we're ho- in the holiday we're season. We're easing now. into it here. My name is Kyle Plouffe. My name is Mark Mulcairin. And I'm Alejandro Dowling. And you're listening to another Death and Entertainment post-Thanksgiving pre-Christmas edition. Happy holidays, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have a pop culture flash today? Yes. So the time period was June of 2009. Mr. Alejandro, do you have, can you put us in this time period, please? Oh, you know I can. What was going on? What's going on now? Week of June 3rd, 2009. We're here. Nice. Yeah, here we are. Let's feel it. Yeah, you feel it? Feel it. I'm I'm feeling very June 2009 right now. Yeah. Just from you saying that. Great. The fifth most popular song on the Billboard charts was I Know You Want Me, Calle Ocho from Pitbull. What? What is that? I know eh, Pitbull. You remember that song, don't you? No. Like, doesn't it go like, I know you want me? Oh, wait. Or am I just making that up making as I that, usually do? That sounds like um, party rock. Mm. Mm. I feel like these songs get worse and worse every <laughs> yeah. every episode. Like it, it could be like two weeks ago, and we're like, "Wow, that was bad last week." Yeah, that was like sung <laughs> to the tune of "I'm sexy and I know it." Yeah, mm, no, I know you. This want is me. one of those songs you heard, and <laughs> at the time you heard a lot, but it just left your memory. I Good, think. okay, good. Thank yeah. God. I just know Gasolina. That's my only. That's why. Yeah, I, I, that's that's where I start and stop with Pitbull. Number four, Don't Stop Believin', not by Journey, but by the very annoying Glee cast. Oh, uh, Jesus Christ. Number three, <laughs> Blame It, Jamie Foxx featuring T-Pain. Blame it on the a- 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 alcohol. Yeah, that one yes. aged well. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> was there any vocoder effect? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's all it was. Just checking. Yeah, number Kyle, Kyle knows his music. Two, Poker Face, Lady Gaga. Oh God, my, 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 my Poker Face, my, 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 my. that was on the charts for a long time. Too long, some would say. Yes, yeah. not you. You're a monster. We I would it. say it. <laughs> yeah, I right. would say it. And I'm the biggest Gaga fan out there. <laughs> and we've already <laughs> talked about this song before, but this is when it actually was number one. Oh, wait, no, we were talking about their other annoying song that year, but it's the same band. Boom, Boom, Pow by the Black Eyed Peas. Boom, boom, boom. Let me give me that. Boom, boom, Before they unleash that god-awful tonight's gonna be a good night. Oh, that's great. I love that one. The Bar Mitzvah song one. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we've been through this. Yeah. (laughs) 
Remember they played it on Oprah yep. yeah. on her season premiere? Mm-hmm. Awful. Movies. Hey. Hey, movies. Silver screen. Number five, Star Trek. Oh, the oh. Chris, Chris whatever one. Chris Pratt. They're all the same. Chris's. Chris Pine. Chris Pine. Pine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all suck. One of the Chris's. <laughs> <laughs> Number four, Night at the Museum, colon, Battle of the Smithsonian. Yuck. Yeah. Battle of the shitty movie. Yeah. What's next? <laughs> Three, Land of the Lost. Oh, is that Will Ferrell and Danny uh, McBride? Yeah. yeah. Premiering this week, and it totally bombed. Yeah. Did it? It caught everyone yeah. off guard because they thought it was going to be a big hit, and it wasn't. Yeah. Well, I had the ingredients for something good. It was a remake. Yeah, of yeah. the old Sid and Marty Croft show. Yeah, and then they did a remake of that in the 90s. Yeah, that, the, remember that one? Yeah, oh, I like yeah. that show. That yes, was good. I definitely watched And then that. this, I'm like, oh, this could be good. And I'm like, I lost track of it. I didn't even know when it came out. Yeah. Uh, number two. Up, great oh, movie, great one. Great. Pixar. Yep. Only thing I've liked on this entire pop culture flash list yep. so far. I would agree with that. It's a little lo- tearjerker. Yeah. I didn't love Up. Wow. Ooh, hot take. You. Didn't cry. The contrarian wow. take is in we the room. Have a sociopath on our hands. We have a you maniac. cried. If you don't tear up when that woman gets cancer, what woman? Uh, his wife that dies. Oh, in the beginning? Yeah. yeah. In the montage. Oh, the I think I I was still settling in, getting oh, the popcorn. Oh, out you're and, that guy. You just like, yeah. I had to open the Reese's pieces. My you're squeaking God. the chair and Sip stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's like, I hate this guy. Sipping <laughs> on my cherry Coke. <laughs> He's got everything you can imagine. <laughs> like, yeah. Blocking it's, his view. It's like falling all over everyone's sodas, like dumping on elderly people and stuff. <laughs> and then I finally get situated, and then the credits were over. Yeah. The movie started. Yeah, <laughs> right away he's like, I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> My other gripe is that it was in 3D, supposedly, yeah. and it was the worst 3D I've ever seen. I it, hate 3D. Just really good animation, though. It wasn't like 3D. Mm, I wanted more 3D. Jesus Christ. So I was God. actually I thought I was, uh, disappointed. Curmudgeon. Leaving. Yeah. We got ourselves a 3 diva. Oh! <laughs> 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 Better than being a 2D bag. Oh. Because yeah. <laughs> Kyle's the guy that watched Avatar in 2D yeah. in his True. apartment during fair, the pandemic. Fair, fair. Yeah. But I went to Animal Kingdom specifically to go on the Avatar ride. Have you done that? I don't even know what you're talking about. All right, exactly, number one. Not an avatar. Kyle number goes to one. a lot of theme parks, which is a big red flag. But yeah, yeah go to number one. Oh, no. <laughs> it's totally normal for a grown adult male to be obsessed with theme parks. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Michael Jackson, remember? He, he yeah. kind of liked those. I didn't Kyle's, one. Kyle's picture's not anywhere on security billboard on uh, in any of these theme parks. Nowhere. <laughs> I'm going to go to number one, which was premiering this week. The Hangover. Oh. The little movie that snuck up on Hollywood. Blockbuster yep. movie. They made three of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they did. The third one is... Varying qualities. Oh, it's awful, the third one. Yeah. yeah. It's got a postage stamp on it because it was mailed in. And... <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Oh my God. Can we take Kyle? We're not even out of the opening yet. <laughs> what is going on here? We already want to kill Kyle. Yeah. And... 
All right, we've established Please. he's a theme park creep, and yeah. we gotta get we gotta get into this. Yeah, let's do it. So, Mr. Carradine was actually born John Carradine in Hollywood in 1936. Johnny Jr.? Yeah, he's John Jr., but... Same as his dad's his, name. His yeah. dad, yeah, his dad, uh, he was born to actors John and Ardenell. So, he, his original name was actually John. So, yeah. he was a John first, so technically a John Jr., uh, but he wanted to shed that name later yeah. on because ve- there's a lot of reasons. Like, they're both, it's a show business family. So mm-hmm. in the guild, you can only have one John Carradine, and his dad was already a pretty established B movie actor. So yeah. he didn't want to take his dad's name. Yeah. So his dad, he had a long career. He so long that eventually he did. He was in the Munsters. I didn't know. Oh, wow. That. wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was in the movie The Secret of Nim. So he was like a big voiceover actor yeah. too. So he did like some animated stuff like that. Too. And Dracula. He did Dracula. Yeah, he was one of the Draculas in history. Wait, which one? He was in... Because I know he, he, him and Bella Lugosi, like, you know, had an ongoing feud in which, you know, one was uh, Dracula and the other one, they were always fighting... Dracula beef. Yeah, there's a Dracula beef going out <laughs> with him and Bella Lugosi. I was the first Dracula. <laughs> but I was the best Dracula. Dracula 2 is better than Dracula 1. <laughs> we all know this. <laughs> yeah, he the appeared in a bunch of movies like House of Frankenstein, House of Dracula. Yeah. This is okay. John Sr. Mm. Um, I guess he always wanted like a big family, which eventually he, he wound up having. But his first wife, Ardenelle, was her name. Um, Ardenelle McCool. Yeah. This is one of four wives he had. So he Jeez. he was a multiple wives person. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Not unlike other actors, like uh, William Shatner comes to mind. Yeah. Yeah. And also David Carradine later on. Yes. We'll talk about like um, father, like son. Yeah, McCool in the pool. <laughs> McCool in the pool. So yeah, Ardenell was David's mom. She already had been married before. She had one uh, son named Bruce. So okay. Bruce brought into this marriage, and which is a common theme of uh, the, the whole Carradine. The whole, yeah, the whole Carradine family. Clan. They just keep collecting kids yes. and moving on and stuff. <laughs> it's hard to keep <laughs> track of who's what. Yeah, kid they and just have herds this? of kids. They just constantly yeah. just collecting over time. So what happened is uh, David was the first baby uh, of those two, Ardenell okay. and John Senior. After that, though, Ardenell had a ton of like miscarriages and stuff, and yeah. they assumed they were just natural miscarriages. What they found out later, that was not the case. She was getting pregnant. And she was giving herself abortions with coat hangers. Oh my God. Ardenal. Yeah. Ardenal was just giving herself abortions left and right with coat hangers. So every time John would knock her up again because he wanted all these kids, she'd just kind of get rid of the kid on her own. Not so cool, McCool. This was. This is before the days where like abortion was like legit. Yeah. Wow. McCool was a little McDemented. Yeah. Something like that. So once he found that out, they actually still, they, they stayed together for like another five years, I guess. Yeah, see if it gets better. I'm not getting Mick pregnant again. <laughs> <laughs> I got too many Mick sons already. <laughs> These Mick bastard kids, I don't want any more. So at this point, you know, the marriage kind of like fizzles out over time. There's like a custody hearing and an alimony hearing in New York. 
And John Sr. just says, fuck it. I'm leaving. I'm going to California. <laughs> and he just dips. Up, he just takes out, <laughs> takes off on. Uh, on Ardenau. Ardenau. And also, he's not really allowed to have. He's basically kidnapping his kids and, and going 3,000 miles to California. Yeah. So after that, he goes to Los Angeles and marries a woman named Sonia Sorrell. They have three more sons. Christopher, who became an architect. Keith, who became an actor. And Robert, who also became an actor. Keith and Robert are actually pretty well known. One is from Nerds. Revenge of the Nerds. Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, my God. The main nerd. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Robert Carradine. Oh, my. I didn't know that was a Carradine. Yep. Yeah. That's hilarious. Big actor in the 80s and, of course, in the Revenge of the Nerds franchise. Yeah. And then Keith Carradine, he's a great actor, and he's been around since the well, he, early 70s. I was just watching him recently in Dexter season two. Yes. He's he excellent plays an FBI in that. agent, yeah. The weird thing about this marriage is... um. So at some point, John divorces Sonia Sorrell. He remarries Doris Grimshaw, who also had a son named Dale from a previous marriage, who he also adopted. So he's, he's got a new kid now. Damn it, Dale. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Dale's in the mix now. Um, okay. They all have sons from previous marriages, and Robert Carradine was 14 years old before he was told that Sonia was actually his real mom. Wow. So they don't tell Jesus. people anything. Yeah. Like they, no one's like these parents are just having kids and like, you know, raising them as their own and yeah. not telling them who the real parents are. And I want to say one more thing about Keith Carradine. He started off in Robert Altman movies in the 1970s. OK. Yeah. He won an Oscar for best original song for the movie Nashville. Hey. And you know who his daughter is to add to this whole Martha Plimpton. Yes. Martha Plimpton, yeah. Actor who we talked about in the she Ted Demi yes. retrospective with Oh, um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, she yeah. Had, yeah. At the dinner with John Favreau. She yeah. was in Beautiful Girls, yeah. Yes, and she loved Ted Demi, she wow, said. Wow, a lot of connections are being made here. It's easier to connect Ted Demi and who he's worked with than this whole family because it's so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to throw one more thing at you. So then Sonia divorces John Carradine and then remarries an artist named Michael Bowen. And then they had a new son named Michael Bowen Jr., who became an actor who was Uncle Jack in Breaking Bad. I don't know if you remember that. Um, Absolutely. He was Kyle, he's he was the last main bad guy on Breaking Bad. The white supremacist on yeah. the showdown with in the last episode. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And he was also in Kill Bill, Volume also, One. The rapist guy. He yes. played Buck. Who came there to fuck. Buck came to fuck. Yeah, and he stole he uh Uma Thurman stole his car. The pussy wagon. The pussy wagon. And he was in uh he was Agent Mark Dargis in Jackie Brown. Yeah. So anyway, the Carradines, huge family of actors, um, obviously, as we've just established. So David, he grew up in a very turbulent family life, as we can tell. His parents were off and on relationship-wise, and let's not forget that coat hanger incident. Um, Which one? Yeah, exactly. Number well, three or five? Yeah, he could have had five brothers, but he got uh, five coat hangers instead. Um, the second one was the best one. Yeah, yeah she framed the coat hangers after. <laughs> oh, uh, come on. God. She, she yeah, brought... that's a little much. <laughs> <laughs> so he was very depressed with his like family life and, and pretty much everything. And by the time he was five years old, he actually attempted suicide by hanging himself. Jeez. This was after he found out that him and Bruce had different fathers. Uh, it kind of fucked him up as a five-year-old. Yeah. And it's he... unfathomable 
to attempt suicide as a five-year-old. Yeah. I guess John found him trying to hang himself. And then after he found him, he saved him, took him off the rope and stuff. And then I guess he confiscated all his comic books and he burned them. To make him more suicidal? Yeah, what the fuck? I don't know. Maybe he thought that was what was that doing it. That would make it. me do it as a that's, five-year-old. That's what some parents do. They're like, no, it's not me. It's it's the comic books. Yeah. You know, it's the video games. <laughs> it's Archie. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess his, his parents' storming relationship and eventual divorce really took a toll on him. They had custody issues in which I guess he eventually just decided to go back and forth with his mom and his dad. Mm. So for the next few years, I guess David spent time in boarding schools, foster homes, and reform schools. Foster also. homes? Yeah. Wow. What? I guess he was like a runaway, just a bad seed. He just kind of kept running away from home and stuff and just like, yeah, and they throw put my comic a... books out, I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> foster home, though, even though he has a famous acting father? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't think his dad made th- that much money. Like, there wasn't that much money involved. John in Carradine, though, as an actor, he is close to having the most roles for one actor. Really? He has over 300 credits to his name. Wow. I can't imagine he didn't have some dose well, David away. Ca- David Carradine did, too. And, like, he didn't have a lot. Of, like, it was just a lot of B-movie roles. So there wasn't a lot of money to be had. Still, though, I find it surprising that they would put david in a foster home at any point think of a kid that attempts suicide at five years old if you could put yourself he's a bit of a handful (laughs) (laughs) to Um, say the least yeah (laughs) so yeah i guess eventually he started acting better and started accompanying his father to like summer theater so he started like behaving better and started getting into his dad's uh acting and stuff acting world yeah they spent time in massachusetts um he spent a winter milking cows on a farm in Vermont, I guess, as a kid. Like, he just had all this weird stuff. See, in his that background. sounds nice. <laughs> Doesn't it? Milking cows? So. Well, just be, you know, being on a farm for a little bit of time, it's peaceful. That's your Wisconsin talking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> farm is good. That sounds Wisconsin. like shit. Yeah. <laughs> the smell of cow manure is good for the soul. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, that sounds like a bad bumper sticker in Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, David returned to California, where he graduated from Oakland High School. He then attended Oakland Junior College for a year before transferring to San Francisco State, where he studied drama and music theory. Yeah, you Um, can't do that in Oakland without getting beat up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. San Fran, however. This must be the music guy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He was just kind of fucking around at this point. Like, he's spending time with the beatniks in San Francisco, and, like, this is the time to do it, though. Smoking the briefer. During this time, it says he collected unemployment insurance and sold baby pictures. That sounds strange. Um, <laughs> baby pictures? Questions. Yeah. <laughs> Can you elaborate on that? It doesn't have any more about that. I don't know whose baby <laughs> pictures he's selling. I swear to God. it's All right. Which I one do you st- want? We got little Timmy here. Um, ew, oh, Billy. Here's a good one. You oh, like that's a Billy? collector's item. Yeah, you like the little bonnet we put on little Billy? <laughs> Let me get two Jacobs, an Annie, and... <laughs> Got it. Want it? It's like playing cards. <laughs> Jared from Subway's grandfather is like, <laughs> I'll take twenty. <laughs> Subway Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> so, nineteen sixty, he tried to dodge the draft. Uh oh. Yeah. But it didn't. I'm really... in the moving pictures. Yeah, <laughs> I sell baby pictures. <laughs> what do you want me to do? 
I tried to kill myself when I was five. Come on. That's got to get you out of the draft. Yeah. He actually had to go. <laughs> oh, he, what? He went to the army. Yeah. Wow. He didn't go to Vietnam or anything, though. This is kind of on the cusp of like whether he would have to go, because I think he got his service done before they really ramped up the war in Vietnam. So uh. he got lucky. So, yeah, he marries his high school sweetheart, and they move to Texas because he's part of the military's entertainment unit. Entertainment <laughs> so unit? He's not really on the front lines of anything. <laughs> so he was doing USO shows? He showed shows? up there, and they're like, give yeah. us your gun, get up there and sing. He was yeah. like Bob Hope? Kind of like that, but I, he was doing drawing for, I think, their propaganda and stuff. Oh, he was an artist. Yeah, he was an artist. Oh, yeah, he was he... drawing some racist shit. It, you know what? That could have been the baby pictures. Maybe he was do- drawing baby pictures and not just selling <laughs> oh, still pictures of actual babies. You know what? And this was David? David, yeah. 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 I do know that, actually. I can explain that a little better. Yes, he drew <laughs> people's babies, and he would say, if you don't like it, you don't have to pay me. Oh, and apparently- okay. But if no, you do like it, you got to give me your baby. Yeah. And apparently nobody- <laughs> I get the baby. Nobody was ever- <laughs> You get the picture. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> nobody was disappointed ever. <laughs> yeah, he was a good artist. Yeah, so he never got- turned away yeah they, they gave him the money every time yeah so eventually i don't know about the baby so eventually <laughs> for the military he had a daughter named callista during this time callista flockhart yeah callista flockhart holy shit no um she's too skinny no i'm just kidding um your no. baby's too skinny <laughs> your baby's too it skinny ain't possible. the dingo won't eat your baby it's too skinny the dingo spits your baby back <laughs> up <laughs> give me something to gnaw into here um so yeah he was Honorably discharged from the military. He gets out of it. Um, Great. And then, before Vietnam. Right before Vietnam. He tap danced right out of there. Yep. Silver spoon up his ass. He drew, he drew his way right <laughs> the fuck out of there. Drawing babies. <laughs> Upon leaving the military, he got really serious about acting, which, you know, obviously in his blood and his like, yes. a family thing. So he, I think he has a couple connections in Hollywood, I'm mm-hmm. sure. He was advised to change his name to avoid confusion with his famous father. So, yeah. Uh, this so, is when he finally does Finally the gets David. serious. Yeah. He's yeah. like, I'm going to get me a real unique name. Yeah. Like, David. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get some exotic, crazy name, David. Um, in an interview from 2005, David Carradine says his father encouraged him into acting, saying, the first thing I ever did outside of school, which was a production of Romeo and Juliet, he came up from Hollywood to San Francisco to see it. And right after, he sort of opened up to me with all his, this advice. He became very proud of me. So he became very proud of me. I think yeah. it's the operative uh, thing I took is... away from that. Okay. They did appear with each other in some movies and TV shows and stuff. Uh, John Carradine appeared with his son David in The Good Guys and the Bad Guys in 1969. Um, he co-starred with him also in Boxcar Bertha, directed by Mr. Martin Scorsese. Ah. Yeah, they bonded for sure in John's later years. Yeah. I know that. So at this point, like in the 1963, he's doing like a lot of like Western TV shows and mm-hmm. stuff, like the stuff they covered in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Bonanza. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. White stuff hat like versus that. black hat. Yeah. Doing a lot of stuff like that. Um, David Carradine's first big break, however, came with his second Broadway part in The Royal Hunt of the Sun, a play by Peter Schaefer. It's about the destruction of the Inca civilization by conquistador Francisco Pizarro. 
So yeah, he does a lot of like weird small productions throughout the 60s and the 70s. B-movies kind of like his dad. And then he co-starred as Bill Shelley in one of Martin Scorsese's earliest films called Boxcar Bertha, which I mentioned before yes. his dad was in with him. Um, this starred Barbara Hershey, who was his girlfriend at the time, who eventually married. That's so interesting. Later on, but not here. And Barbara Hershey, one of her early breakout roles was in a movie called The Baby Maker. Yeah. Which is ironic when you think of David Carradine's mom. Yeah. <laughs> the baby stopper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the buck stops here, fetus. The baby stops here. <laughs> baby Maker recently played at the New Beverly Theater. Really? Which is owned by Quentin Tarantino. He bought the Vista too, right? Yeah. And he will come into our story later as well. He Maybe sure? that's such some weird thing with like uh, his mom not wanting any babies. And he's like, well, I'm going to draw all the babies now. Oh, that, that's oh, why he drew babies. Yeah, his his make believe psychologically. It yeah. Could have been his oh, brothers. right. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Interesting. That's a good connection you're food making. Food Wow. You know? I think it's more than food. It's a whole feast. Yeah. Hey, our own. It's like we had a gift certificate to Boston Market over here. Chew <laughs> <laughs> on that. So this is all the culmination of he's getting a little more yeah. notoriety. People are talking about him. He gets this role in this TV show, Kung Fu. I think I've heard of that. You heard of that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a classic TV He starred show. as a, this is crazy. He starred as a half Chinese, half white American oh, Shaolin God. monk <laughs> named Kuo Chang. Kuo Chang Kang in the ABC hit TV series, Kung Fu. From 1972 to 1975, it ran. So that wasn't that long. No, he claims that he left. It wasn't canceled. Really? David Carradine says that it was his decision to leave. And we have a clip I was we're getting say, to. Yeah, right. This is a good place to hit that clip. Before you hit it, though, I just wanted to add that naturally, a lot of people thought that David Carradine himself was half Chinese because of this. Role. I thought that That's too. Hilarious. That's what I thought because I'd seen him and I never watched the show, but I remember it came back, which I'll talk about later. It came yes. back in the 90s and stuff, but I'm like, oh, that guy. He's just an old part Asian guy, like Brandon Lee. Kind <laughs> no, of. I thought he was like Brandon Lee. The Eladia Baldwin yeah. of early 1970s TV. But if you look at this picture of him, more look, at him look at him here. Wait, that's him? That's him right no there. Way. No, that is. He's like he's no like way. bald, very Yeah, that's how he looked on Kung Fu, Kyle. Oh yeah. my god. A lot of makeup going on. He bald. looks like a monk. Bald. Yeah. It's not full Mickey Rooney like racist tan. stuff. No. But, but it's it's, it's in that ballpark a little <laughs> yeah. bit, yeah. Well, it's hard to top Mickey Rooney and yeah, well, Breakfast at Tiffany's. That's like cartoonishly racist, <laughs> yeah. like over the top. That's it, almost like you're doing a sketch about a racist yeah. caricature. Yeah, the intention funny. is yeah, it's like a Mister Show like, sketch. Yeah, like a <laughs> oh my parody. god, that's bad. Yeah. Um, although the choice of a non-Asian to play the role of quiet. Chang Kane stirred controversy. The show provided steady employment for a number of Asian American actors, which is, I uh, guess, what that's what, nice. What what they're trying to say here was the positive aspect, which you know, yeah, take that as you will. So I guess this TV show is huge. It helped popularize like martial arts and yes. like you know around the same time that Bruce Lee was. Very well, there's popular. some controversy. Bruce Lee, his wife after he died, said this was inspired by Bruce Lee, and she sued. David Carradine said, no way. It was the showrunner and creator who had come up with this and was inspired by other people that were not Bruce Lee. Yeah. The show started out as a typical martial arts, violent action show. 
Yeah. And it morphed into well, it was supposed- a show it, it, where the character became essentially a pacifist. Yeah. The basic gist is it was a wandering monk in like the old Wild West. A guy that goes from town to town and like helps people's lives pretty much. And in this clip, we haven't forgotten about the clip. David Carradine explains how it came to be that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is on the Dick Cavett show. Actually, you know, that uh, David Chow complains a lot about how the, the blows, you know, are supposed to be more effective than that. People keep getting up because the FCC insists that they do. Uh, yeah. One of the things that, that caused the series to be, you know, to put them to try it in the first place was because the FCC uh, is so down on uh, violence that mm-hmm. this was a way to get around it. It's interesting because uh, from the network's point of view, I believe it's a, it's a way to get around violence. But from the mm-hmm. point of view of the production company, it's a a way to combat violence. Yeah. It's a, uh, you know. So everybody wins. Nobody loses. Okay, so before he actually did the TV show, he mm-hmm. knew nothing about martial arts at all. Right. Like, this was all brand new to him. He learned everything on uh, the set and from all the, the martial artists, experts they brought on. He said he pulled from his uh, past in dancing. <laughs> and- <laughs> As you would. And street fighting. I I thought that was weird. Yeah. Like he was just some like mixing it up street fighter or something. <laughs> well, you got to be able to fight somebody if they're not happy about the baby drawing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and there was no street fighter video game yet. Not so yet. He really yeah. had to do his yeah. research. <laughs> yeah. If you make that ugly baby look too ugly in that picture. That ain't my fucking baby. <laughs> Let's fight. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, baby. <laughs> so I guess his claim is he decided to leave for a movie career. Yes. During uh, the original run of Kung Fu, he made an appearance in Mean Streets and Robert Altman's The Long Goodbye. He did this. Um, uh, he accepted the role of a race car driver, Frankenstein and Death Race in in 1975 death race 2000 yeah, i was gonna correct you death race 2000 <laughs> i apologize you gotta Alejandro. say the 2000 part yeah he got like two movies that were good like robert altman and scorsese then he just starts doing this like b-movie crap which his dad yeah. was doing yeah he was pretty much pigeonholed into that sort of role yeah for his career but he did, in 1976, he played Woody Guthrie in Hal Ashby's Bound for Glory. And I guess he got like some notoriety for that, yes. too. People like that. So, yeah, I'm just kind of skimming through it. And through yeah, the 70s, skim. he did a lot of just kind of like... Let's skim this trash. filmography like milk. You he know just, what I mean? He made like one or two <laughs> movies a year of just, you know, to be honest, mostly crap. Yeah, all the Carradines worked a lot. They yeah. all have well over 100 credits they to their name. They busted their ass. Yeah. yeah, each. Yeah. That's crazy. He even did a sequel to Death Race 2000. Yep. (laughs) And as I mentioned in the Brandon Lee episode, Brandon Lee, who would have been a much better fit for the role in Kung Fu, the series, Mm. appeared in Kung Fu, the series, the movie in the 80s (laughs) with David Carradine. Yeah. Um, And then he started a low-budget action film called Behind Enemy Lines in 1986. Not the Gene Hackman. I know. I was going to test you (laughs) on that. That's not my movie. Um, That's a master impression right there. That was uh, same title. Owen Wilson. Oh, wow. This is me. Oh, my God. It's so like weird how like I almost killed myself on drugs. I'm so like quirky (laughs) and stuff. You know what I mean? (laughs) That was like a little Dr. Evil, a little Johnny Carson. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> Where were we? Kung Fu? Kung Fu, the 1986 one. He also, I wanted to mention, he did this uh, series called North and South with Patrick Swayze about the Civil War in the 80s. Also. Oh, yeah, that was a big TV. Yeah. That was a mini series. Mini series, yeah. yeah. So after doing all these shitty movies and all these shitty shits, um, not all <laughs> shitty. Not all shitty. North and South was good and, you know, some good TV series. Oh, wait. Right. Never mind. It is all shitty. I just looked, yeah. at, <laughs> I just looked at the list again. <laughs> you fact checked it. And uh, it's true. Um, so he came back to his bread and butter. Kung Fu, the legend continues to pay the half Asian man again in 1992, which uh, went till 1977. 97. I'm sorry, 97. <laughs> no, but it was a hit. I mean, in syndication, that's a long time. That was on USA or something. Yes. I remember watching an episode. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I barely remember watching I'm like, there's it. a history here, and I don't care about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I remember it being around, though. Yeah, it existed. As exactly. It existed. Yeah. yeah. That's up I there get... with, like, Highlander the series. Right. So it's just like, who gives a shit? It was an earlier version of Xena, Warrior Princess. Yeah. So, like, this whole remake thing, there's nothing new. They've been doing no. this shit forever. forever. Land of the Lost as well. Land of yeah. the Lost. Yeah. yeah, thank you. IP. Fuck you, IP. IP sucks. Um, so <laughs> IP? No, intellectual, uh, intellectual property. Intellectual property. It's like oh, yeah. nostalgia porn. They're just rehashing IP. Yeah. So this newer series had 88 episodes. Like, I'd kill for 88 episodes if I was a showrunner. That's pretty Hell good. Yeah. Or an actor or anything. Yeah. I'd no, just kill for some money. No complaints there. I'd kill uh, for 10 bucks. Give me 10 bucks. Yeah, his <laughs> filmography is really out there. He did a voice in Balto colon wolf quest oh, yeah wow. not even the balto that went say, to theaters that's, that's a balto deep dive <laughs> he went to balto straight to video <laughs> <laughs> that's what his career was like after kung fu the legend continues yeah wow. this is around the time that he was you know obviously hurting for money but he's doing a lot of shit he's never right? stopped working he did this lipton tea commercial for super bowl 28 Eight, I want to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do we have the, the Lipton tea commercial? We've got the good stuff. Here. Where he, you might notice, he brings back his old bread and butter, the Kung Fu, <laughs> Mr. Kang. Perfect. Here we go. That tea looks mighty tasty. I think I'll take a sip. Did he say a sip? my hand. <laughs> Lipton Original is real brewed. For the original taste, you just have to guzzle gulp. I remember this commercial. It's great. It's actually really interesting because... Certainly. I mean, for no reason, there's like... It's... An Asian monk says, Certainly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that like was entertaining. A, yeah, but the guy he's fighting looks exactly like his brother. He does. It was in Breaking Bad. His not brother, but yeah, oh, Michael yeah, yeah. Bowen. Yeah. yeah, I actually think he looks more like Keith Carradine. <laughs> but same point. Yeah. Yeah. Later on in the two thousands, after he had his career resurgence, which we'll get to, he did commercials for. Yellow Book. Do you remember those? Yeah, I saw yeah. that the Yellow Book thing. That was like a scam. Eventually, yeah. they had no reason to exist anymore after the internet. It was basically like the Yellow yeah, Pages. Yeah, Yellow Pages. Yeah. Yeah, and but those commercials were played a lot. I think they were trying to... It was like their last gasp before yeah. they died as a company. 2007. And yeah. as a spokesman, apparently. <laughs> right, before they lost <laughs> yeah. their spokesman. Should too. we play this Yellow Book sure. commercial? Sure, let's see it. Going back to bread and Master. butter. How do I find enlightenment? Easy. Yellow book. Yellow book? We are all searching for something. A new car, 
a reliable plumber, a comfortable leather sofa. Ain't that the the more choices one has, the easier the quest. You're saying Yellow Book is the key to it all? The path to enlightenment starts with Yellow Book. To find the answer, one must look inside. Yellow Book, not right. the other book. 1-800-YB-YELLOW. How much money does me. he need? Yeah, well, he does... Good commercials. Well, he's about to die. He's convincing. He yeah, wants to get as from, much as he can. Yeah. That was from mid-year 2007. Well, that's way back. But back in 97, I guess he got his Hollywood star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Uh, the same nice. year that Larry King got his. Really? Mm. Oh. Don't ask why I know that. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. <laughs> so so he in the 90s, he did a lot more shit. He was in the Children of, <laughs> Cor- the, Children of the Corn 5. Fields of Terror. Oh, that was a good <laughs> Straight one. Straight to VHS. <laughs> no, not even. Straight in the trash. Not even yeah. the first three. He was in five. <laughs> the new Swiss Family Robinson, 1998. Hickox, Lovers and Liars, 1998. That's a classic. Lightspeed, 1998. Even bigger classic. Knocking on Heaven, <laughs> Knocking on Death Door. I'm sorry, 1999. Yeah, he was. About a decade <laughs> too early. He was yeah. in an episode of Charmed in 1999. Oh, you know what else he was in? He was in. An he was episode. in ju- an episode of Just Shoot Me. No, that's not what I'm thinking of. <laughs> There's he a was... woman in Boston comedy that still uses Just Shoot Me as a, a credit. By oh, way. that's so. <laughs> it was just 25 Sad. years ago. Yeah, I was so in Just like, Shoot Me yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so he was in an episode of King of the Hill titled "Returning Japanese." Wow, wow. that's got to be PC, right? Dang it, Bobby. <laughs> Who's this Japanese fella you brought home? In 2001, he appeared in the episode The Serpent of the syndicated TV series Queen of Swords. Like they're making up TV shows yeah, for him I to be like... in at some point. I don't even know what half of this stuff is. Always <laughs> plays exactly the same character. Yeah. yeah. And everything. Some soft-spoken, kind of like weird, mysterious guy. Yeah. Well, also around this time, he did an episode of Lizzie McGuire in which he played himself. <laughs> I swear to God. Nice. Oh, I believe you. <laughs> his brother Ro- his brother Robert got him the job because he played the father of Lizzie McGuire in the entire series. Oh, wow. You know oh, he did. Yeah. So anyway, all this shit behind him. Now is the time for a little David Carradine. Wait, what am I? What's Resurgence. Resurgence. I'm trying to, what's the reconnaissance, uh, Matthew McConaughey? <laughs> the McConaughey. Yes, the McConaughey, but with David Carradine. So the... David Carradine. <laughs> it's not there. There's no there there. Carradonison. <laughs> Carradonison. <laughs> so he enjoyed some revival of his fame when he was cast in Quentin Tarantino's sequential Kill Bill movies. Kill Bill Volume 1 and Kill Bill Volume 2. And he was Bill. It was supposed to be Warren Beatty as oh, a kind of that. suave that makes villain. Sense, and Warren Beatty said no thanks yeah. and suggested David Carradine. Really? Pound sand, you foot freak. Yeah, yeah. And Fuck. Quentin Tarantino, <laughs> because of Kung Fu and other things, loved the idea. Yeah. And cast him. And it's great casting. Yeah. Fantastic. Really great movies. We just went over his filmography. Yeah. And 
this was a guy that did a million things. Yeah. yeah. What you see in Kill Bill is the culmination of everything that guy. Every took. baby he ever drew. Yes. Every baby he drew. <laughs> everything he's ever soaked up from Kung Fu to yes. his father, he puts it into this role as Bill, and it's glorious. Well, this is what he thought he could have gotten, he should have gotten after he left Kung Fu the, for the first time to do yeah. movies. But mm. he never got this role, which having the chips, everything been different in a timeline. Uh, you know, he would have been bigger, younger, but this, you know, you get what you get when you get it. Yeah. Am I right? You're right. Uh, we have a clip. We sure do. So in this clip, it's from Kill Bill Volume 2, where his brother is played by Michael Madsen. And so Bill goes to talk to his brother about the possibility that they may soon be attacked by Uma Thurman, who plays the vengeful bride. Yes. Okay. But you haven't by any chance kept up with your swordplay. David Carradine kept up with his sword play, you know what I mean? Hello! Hello. Here we are. I pawned that years ago. You hawked a Hattori Hanzo sword. Yep. Yep. It was priceless. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> it's like Sling Blade or something. Well, yep. Not in El Paso, it ain't. <laughs> in El Paso, I got me $250 for it. Whoa, that's a bouncer and a kitty bar, Bill. I love that. That'll get you far in El Paso, though. Yes. If she wants to fight with me, all she's got to do is come down to the club and start some shit, and we'll be in fight. So casual about it. I know we haven't spoken in some time. And the last time we spoke wasn't the most pleasant. My favorite line's coming up right here. But you've got to get over being mad at me and start becoming afraid of me. Because she is coming, and she's coming to kill you. That's great. And unless you accept my assistance, I have no doubt she will succeed. Isn't that classic? Yeah. yeah. Sold yeah, the sword was, you could have defended yourself with. It was like on everyone's top ten list of the year. Uh, Roger Ebert, uh, Richard Roper. That scumbag. I don't like that guy. Yeah, you. <laughs> I've gotten that impression because you said something similar another time about Roper. Uh, yeah, he's just he just I wants like to go Roper. against the grain. He wants no. to be a contrarian. No, sometimes. he's no Roger. I have no problem with Roper. He's no Siskel. Well, oh, he Siskel, filled, that's he, what it was. He, Roger Ebert. He sir. just filled that role of Siskel and wanted to be that I rather than his so. own person. No, I think he was his own person. Okay. What's your point? Why did you bring up Roper? Well, they 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 said it was like one of the his best movies. Of course, ever. yeah, yeah. He hates his face. <laughs> Everybody loved Kill Bill. <laughs> well, the Academy did not like Kill Bill. She no. should have gotten nominated, Uma Thurman. Yeah, they all should have been. I think uh, supporting actor for David Carradine. Well, he only got a Golden Globe nomination, okay. so no love from the Academy on that respect. I actually thought they were the best movies of their years. Yeah, two thousand three, Kill Bill Volume One. 2004 Kill Bill Volume 2. It's just the most fun you can have at the movies. I watched it again recently and I loved it. Like, I loved the world that they set mm -hmm. up. And I, for some reason, there was too much hype around it. I was being the contrarian when it first came out. I'm oh. like, yeah, I don't feel like there's too much movie there. I can't, yeah. I can't deal with that right now. He's like a, a vulture of every other 70s movie he's seen before that. Exactly. But how great is that? No, Me I being know. in yeah. high school, going to see a movie in the theater on film still. Yeah. And he gives you that. It's a movie. So you don't have to movie. go back and watch all those 70s movies. You just watch Tarantino <laughs> and he kind of boils it 
it down what the essence is. Yeah. And then there's one other artistic touch that David Carradine did not like so much. And that's in volume one, you don't see his face ever. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. He, you see his hands, you hear his voice, and it's very powerful. It's very effective. Yeah. Because it builds his presence. Mm -hmm. But obviously, Carradine was anxious to show his face for yeah. his big comeback. Well, of course. You know, he. this is like a calling card for other roles and stuff. He's looking at, he's always looking at the next role. Yeah. It seems yeah. like that's kind of his thing. It was he, probably not known there was going to be a sequel. So he's like, my goddamn hand no, is the only yeah. thing in there. It was known. Oh, it was. It was already shot, Kyle. It was one big movie. Oh. Oh. And Harvey Weinstein's like, ah, I'm a creep. I'm jerking off into a plant, and I want two movies. <laughs> Harvey Weinstein's like, I'll one up you. <laughs> <laughs> Hold my beer. Hold my belt. <laughs> Hold my Sapporo. <laughs> All right, guys, we're, we're not in Bangkok yet. <laughs> we're on our way, though. Foreshadowing. Our bags are packed. Our ropes are packed. Weinstein did take credit for splitting it into two movies. He's like, Quentin, you'll find the obvious split. Yeah, well, I heard, like, he said that on Rogan, like, he looked up to Weinstein like a father figure. Tarantino did. Yeah. So that's why he kind of just did whatever he said to yeah, the most he part. made him a millionaire. But, you know, and then Scorsese on Gangs in New York, he's like, fuck you, Harvey. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not listening to anything you say. Okay, so I just want to add that Carradine was well aware that this was the role of his lifetime and Quentin Tarantino was what he referred to as the greatest director he ever worked with. Wow. Wow. Damn, that, that's, that's a lot. That's very high praise. That's Martin Scorsese right there saying, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> and Altman. And Hal Hashby, yeah. Altman was still around to hear that. Yeah. Wow. You know, maybe that's kind of like Shots a fuck fired. you for not putting me in good But come on. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the stage Tarantino gave him. He's the name He's the of the titular movie. Character. Well, this is, this is He's the titular character. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is Scorsese. I mean, Scorsese Tarantino. This is what he does for actors. He brought back Travolta. Right. Now he, he back Travolta Canada. would have been limited to massage parlors. Yeah. Oh my God. Without the without <laughs> He'd be doing "Look Who's Talking" thirteen right now. Yeah. <laughs> So after Kill Bill, he kind of falls back into his rhythm of doing shitty B-movie action movies again. And Yellow Book commercials. And Yellow Book commercials, yeah. <laughs> He's just looking for the next paycheck. He went back to his bread and butter in 2008, the TV movie Kung Fu Killer, in which he played a Chinese martial art master. Very similar to Kane from uh, Kung Fu series. Okay. <laughs> and he still not half Chinese. He's. <laughs> I don't know if he became half Chinese in in the, I don't in think the you twenty to thirty China. years since he originally did Kung Fu, but yeah, I don't think you can adopt Chinese. Um, what do we think about that? It's not nearly as bad as Al Jolson. No, nothing is. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so we're we're nearing down to the final years of uh, David's career. You know what? Let's go nuts. Let's go to the last month of his life. <laughs> Can we fast forward to that? Okay, fast forward. What brought him to Bangkok in June of 2009? I'm going to guess Lady Boys. He no, you're wrong. Ooh, incorrect. He was doing a movie titled Stretch. Stretch. Yeah. Stretch out the Lady Boys. <laughs> stretch out my neck. <laughs> stretch out my nuts. Yeah, stretch out my nuts with his rope. Stretch out these nuts. <laughs> So the biggest name of the movie he's done in the past couple of years before this was Crank 2. And he had like a small role in it. Oh, that. wow. That yeah. was... Uh, the lead singer of Linkin Park was in movie. that, I think. Really? What? Yeah. <laughs> Wrong man. 
Howie Mandel guy, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Disturbed. There you go. Disturbed. Lead singer of Disturbed, who looks like Howie Mandel. Many Howie Mandel. <laughs> but you know who else was in Crank 2? Corey Haim. Oh, wow. Corey All Haim. the big names. And yeah. like David Carradine, it was one of his few big titles that he was allowed to be in at yeah. the time. So he's not doing any passion projects around this time. So he's doing this low budget. <laughs> Crank mo- 2. Crank 2, yeah. It's a passion project. Oh, we yeah. did skip over one other movie. What? That was directed and written by Mr. Rob Schneider. Oh, yeah. What is this movie again? Big Stan. Stan. Big Stan in 2007. I think it's amongst a collect, because he does like two shitty movies a year, so it's really hard to keep track of Mr. Carradine's uh, (laughs) career here. Big Stan, big flop. Yeah. (laughs) Big frig. So you have the whole Carradine family tree at your disposal, correct? Sure. Who's he married to at this time? And how many wives down the line are we? As is the family thing to do, he married five wives, of course. Um, Dangerfield had a movie called My Five Wives. Hey, I'll tell you, my wife. No respect. Hey, I got no respect. I'm going to hang myself while jerking off. Um, God, the jokes Dangerfield would have made about Carradine's <laughs> Oh, my death, God. They would have been golden. Yeah. So he had five wives. First wife, Donna Lee, married in 1960, which I talked about. They were high school sweethearts. Divorced in 1968. 69, he uh, met actress Barbara Hershey, the baby maker. Um, They lived together and divorced in 1975. 1977, he married his third wife, Linda, in a civil ceremony in Munich, Germany, after filming The Serpent's Egg, you know, that gem everyone keeps talking about. Uh, They have a couple of kids. She brought in an old kid, an old kid. She brought in another kid from an old, <laughs> old marriage. Hey, I got this old kid. <laughs> I got this old here. kid coming with me. He's in my okay. backpack. You want him? Yeah. So he was married to Gail Jensen from 1986 to 1997 and to Marina Anderson from 98 to 2001. She'll come back later. Will she? She will, because she's a piece of work. Okay. And she uh, wrote a book about the fella, so... Mm, I did hear about that book. So, anyway, going back forward after we heard about the wives, uh, the wife that he was currently married to at this point... Kyle, help me out with that. Um, That was... Mariska Hargitay. <laughs> this was his last and final wife. I- Annie Bierman. Okay, Annie Bierman. Yeah. Annie Bierman. So on June 3rd, 2009, at the tender young age of 72, he was found dead in his hotel room in central Bangkok, Thailand. He was supposed to go to a dinner the night before for with people in the movie and stuff. He, did, he didn't show up. And he was shooting his this last horrible movie stretch, I'm sure. I don't even know if it came out or not. So the police said that he was found naked, hanging by a rope in the room's closet causing immediate speculation that his death was suicide. Two autopsies were conducted, one involving the celebrity pathologist Porthip Rojo Johnson Newsen. What the fuck did you I just th- say that uh, ten times fast? Porn thip Porthip by the truth. I feel like this was thrown in just to really fuck me up. <laughs> Can we get through one episode without an insane name that we no. have to pronounce? No, we can't. <laughs> I think this is Nordic. That's why. It's not It's yeah, not like that's American an insane name. Porn Thip by the Newton. Porn Thip Rojo. I got an idea. Just say the pathologist. Yeah. By Dr. Porn Thip. Two, opsi- two, two, <laughs> two autopsies Cindy were conducted. Brady, everybody. One involving the celebrity <laughs> pathologist and both concluded that the death was not a suicide. The cause of death became widely accepted as accidental asphyxiation. 
Oops. Okay. Yeah. So I guess it was a mistake. He didn't mean to to hang himself. That's what accidental means. Yeah. So <laughs> some would say, wasn't he in the closet too? Well, I don't think he was gay. His hey. fo- his former wives Gail and Marina stated publicly that his sexual interests included the practice of self bondage. Hey. Hey, I want a self-bondage over hey, here. He died the way he lived, yeah. with a hot cock and a belt around his neck. <laughs> Thank you, Rodney. <laughs> I got this ABC News story from the time that said um, he had a cord wrapped around his neck and genitals. Yeah. Oh, my God. Leading Thai police to suspect that his death was a result of a dangerous sex act. <laughs> and he was by himself, so he was doing this alone. Yeah. yeah. But Marina does not believe that. And that was his second to last wife. Second to last wife. Okay. (laughs) She thinks he got Adrian Shellied. Okay. And she wrote a book about this. Yes. And what's the book called? The book is called... Shit. I had it right here. I like that. Shit. He didn't kill himself. What do you call this thing? Stretch did come out, by the way, in 2011. Who was in it? David Carradine. Oh, he filmed his parts? Yeah. Wow. Finally came out. Is he the it's only French... name in it? Yeah. Okay. I mean, <clears throat> unless you know Nicholas Carzali or my fan, favorite actor. Fan Bing Bing. Oh my Fan Bing Bing was Fanny in there? Bing Bing. Fan Bing Bing was That's in That's my this second shit. favorite actor. Lowell Lowe. Nicholas Duvachel. All right. Now you're just showboating. Throwing shit against the yeah. wall. Pete Teo as Mr. Thong. Thong, the thong, thong, thong. Mr. Thong, the thong, thong, thong. Jeez, this was a David Carradine movie. David Carradine. The name oh. of the book is David Carradine, The Eye of My Tornado. Okay, that's a horrible title. It's awful. The only thing more ridiculous than the title is this cover they did. It looks yeah. like a romance novel. Yeah, it's it's a romance novel with her posing alongside David Carradine with like a purple hue. Well, she talks about... It, that wasn't her first celebrity like boyfriend husband. She was married to Dabney Coleman also. Shut up. That's who's referenced in the book also. And Kyle, do you remember who Dabney Coleman is? Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh he's in a number of movies. Nine Clifford. To, n- nine to five. Ah, uh, yes. And she he also sure dated rocker Don Henley, she says in this book. What? Part. So this is more about her, but she put David Carradine's name in the fucking title. And his picture is the only guy on the cover. Yeah. The reason why they got together was they both had a love for dogs. His dog. <laughs> <laughs> his dog. They both had a love of dogs? Yeah. That's probably the most boneheaded reason I've ever heard for like entering dogs, like a relationship. It sounds, married. it sounds like something they'd say in uh, Waymouth. <laughs> it sounds like something they'd say on Love in the Spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> You're right, though. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> you like dogs, too? Let's get married. <laughs> and they lived happily ever after. Well, she makes some wild accusations. Okay, let's hear it. She says there there was incest in the Carradine family. What? Yeah. But the wife, Marina, didn't specify, or the ex-wife didn't specify who it was in the family that had abused him. So no one even knows. She could okay. be she could be just making this up. She's a crazy person, mm-hmm. kind of. But she's trying to explain his behavior because yeah, of that? Yeah. So maybe his sexual proclivities were kind of uh, stemming from incest. incest in the family. Yeah. 
Anyway, at the time, this is the craziest thing. Do you know Mark Garagos, that uh, celebrity yes. attorney? Yes. Oh, my God. Didn't he represent Michael Jackson? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In the book, he's quoted as blaming the death on a mysterious sect of secret kung fu assassins. All right, this oh. I got <laughs> yeah, like, And there's not really much to it. Like ABC News, who wrote this article about it in mm-hmm. 2010, they did a, a piece on the book and just like said, this is fucking crazy. I think I could walk you through it a little bit. Well, just to follow up on that, they contacted Garagos about it, but he did not answer an email from ABC News. It did not pick up his phone for comment on the Anderson book. So she, in her book, yeah. made these wild claims that Mark Garagos said a kung fu sect killed uh <laughs> keith carradine or david carradine but no they were never been able to confirm it he's never spoken about it it goes like this he was supposedly trying to expose the underworld of martial arts really and so they came after him just like they came after bruce lee and brandon lee oh my god yeah so, but i wouldn't mark garagos is a wacky character but he's like you know He's a trial attorney. (laughs) Why is he saying crazy shit like this? Because he's also a fame whore. And how disrespectful to David Carradine. I'm talking about from the perspective of the mysterious murderers from the martial arts world. They gave the Lees pretty much honorable deaths. Yeah. Not really embarrassing at all. (laughs) And David Carradine, they have him jerking off in a closet. (laughs) Yeah. They tied his nuts up and put it and attached it to the the rope. It's much better to take a painkiller and fall asleep or to be shot by some crazy actor. Yeah. Hey. If you're out there, kung fu sect, you know, just put a bullet in my head. Yeah. Don't hang me by a closet and uh, tie my nuts up. <laughs> Please. Yeah. <laughs> they're Thank t- you. They're writing this down. For somewhere. your attention. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they're transcribing what I'm saying. But it is true. That is uh, theory for sure. Yeah. That whether it was because of that or not, that David Carradine was murdered. Foul play was well, involved. What happened after the, the death um, or the murder? His current wife, Annie Bierman, uh, she filed a lawsuit against a production company that was handling the film, alleging breach of contract and wrongful death. And she got 400 grand. She did? Yeah. What was the reasoning that the movie was responsible? They didn't disclose that. I don't know the exact reasoning why they would have paid out that money. It seemed kind of crazy to me, but maybe her assumption based on that lawsuit was that he was murdered or something, but I don't know. He had a history of doing deviant sexual shit like this. I guess he was long history of alcoholism, drug abuse and stuff, and you know, all his past ex-wives kind of confirmed. They acknowledge that, that, acknowledge yeah. that, yeah. That he was kind of kinky in the bedroom, if you know what I mean. And Marina Anderson also alleged he had a certain habit of keeping all his valuables on him. She thinks someone may have gone after him for the money. Oh, really? Again, though, why such an elaborate setup to make it look like a suicide? And why tie the cord around the nuts then? That just brings up more questions than answers. If it's just the neck, it's easier to believe it was just a suicide. Why the nuts? But it seems very... Uh, the family and everyone he's ever known, seem, it just seems very, they seem very adamant that suicide would not be in the cards for him. So if they made it look like a for sex sure. game or something, then it's like, okay, well, we can kind of mm, see that. Can I, I clear something up? Okay. Can I clear something up? Go ahead. Um, what was I going to say? Um, <laughs> it sounded like you were pretty certain. So the incestuous relationship I was talking about, uh-huh. he was doing the incest. David She's Car- alleging that? Yes. 
Uh-oh. Uh, she, Anderson writes about pleading with Carradine to seek counseling for the incestuous relationship. She had even caught him in a compromising situation with the younger relative in their home. But he oh, refused. No. Yeah. Wow. David did to her what he did to me, said Anderson. Obviously, it was a major problem in the relationship. I wanted to confront him and help him move forward, but I could not. <laughs> All right. Here's my problem with that. Why is she posing on the cover of the book with him? Like she's the groupie in his rock band. It's yeah. a really seductive romance novel type photo on yeah. the cover. Oh my God. She was married to him for four years. Uh, okay. This is She claims it was derailed by the incest, but who who the fuck knows at this point? She won't identify the family member who she calls X, not even the gender. Though she acknowledges the relationship was with a younger relative and spanned both his marriages to her and to his previous wife of 11 years, Gail. So this was an ongoing thing. I yeah. Guess. Wow. Wow. You, you <laughs> went from level one. There was some incest in the family. It's vague. <laughs> to suddenly you're like, oh, no, it was him. <laughs> <laughs> he was having sex at all the family reunions. <laughs> yeah. Like, how out in the open is he doing this? In shit? a couple of minutes, Mark is going <laughs> to yeah. come back with something even crazier. <laughs> I, um, and I'm not even going to fill in the blank there. Yeah. I guess he liked the, the choking games. Per this this book, which Marina Anderson... Okay, minus into, the incest. He was into bondage, bondage choking. choking, sex games. Yeah. Um, yeah. She said she did it and she felt obligated to talk about it in the book because of her concern over increased interest among teens in the so-called choking game. So she thinks she's doing <laughs> like a public game. service now. If you're into that bondage, you better find some other person that is definitely into it, too. Yeah. Because it isn't going to work to convince them to be into it. But then she talks about her and David Carradine being dog lovers and how much they love, love dogs and stuff and how great he was with dogs. But after <laughs> he's he's a pedophile, you know, incest guy. Wait, but, pedophile, but, too. Well. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Underage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That would mean pedophile. Boy, this is really... We're really taking a shit on David Carradine's well, name I'm here. Well, I'm sorry, but this his we're ex-wife... We're just relaying yeah. what we've been told. His ex-wife had a lot to say. You didn't necessarily say pedophile yet. You said a family member. Yeah. Yeah, but he, he said that she was too young. She was. Uh, it was yeah. he or she underage. Could have been 21. Yeah, Could've maybe been. you're right. But the reason for his family thinking that... Um, I mean, I don't know. This is very QAnon type deal where they're saying that they I, believe he was assassinated because he was trying to expose an underworld martial arts group. That's really weird. But he was naked, had a rope tied around his neck, his wrists, and his genitals. Who jerks off with their wrists tied up? That wow. I mean, I can see around the neck. How do you tie up both your wrists, first of all? And why would you be jerking <laughs> I'm making the motion right now. Why would you be jerking off <laughs> with two hands yeah. tied up? Not like a cabbie in New York either. He's doing it uh, in a very creepier uh, way. Yeah, I agree with you. So both wrists were definitely tied? Yes. What about this? I don't put it past this guy to have affairs. Mm. Was he with some prostitute, perhaps? Well, that, that, that's, what, like that's what that. she's saying also, yeah. that, that maybe he brought someone back in some weird kind of sexual shit, and that, like he had a lot of money on him. A Chris since Farley he, kind since of Since he thing. liked to carry a lot of money on him, yeah. maybe this kind of like Bangkok sex worker was like, fuck, man, I'll just tie this guy up, choke him to death, yeah. take all his money. 
Yeah. Bang his cock. Get out hey. of there. Yeah. Hey. No, but this could be bang his this cock. Is bang like his a, wallet. <laughs> this is like a Chris Farley <laughs> bang situation. <laughs> I'm banging into work tomorrow. Chris I got too much of carotene money. Farley. <laughs> he died when the hooker he was with just left him for dead. Then he said, "Don't go." This could be like that kind of situation. They run you dry, and then they uh, they leave and you they high take and all your money. They leave you high and dry. <laughs> that seems the most plausible to me because why are they picking this moment to kill him? Whoever is has this conspiracy to kill him. Why didn't they kill him during Crank Two? But they got him in Bangkok. Okay, by himself. That was probably his last words. Why didn't you kill me during Crank Two? <laughs> kill Jason Statham while you're at it. <laughs> and Corey Haim. Oh wait, you did. But um, <laughs> wait, you're saying that he had something to do with the, the death same of- <laughs> cabal? <laughs> yeah, the same cabal. Well, yeah, let's get Mark Garagos on the line. Do the math. <laughs> they died close together, Corey Haim and David Carradine. True. And they were both in Crank Two. What are you trying to say? And Corey Feldman would probably be down on this theory, too. Yep. I just love this Anderson lady. Her her quotes are wild. She said, fans may think this is a trash book, but it's not. Like, (laughs) this is a trash book. If I may say so myself. You're out of your mind. The fact that she even said the words trash book, (laughs) that's inviting the accusation. It has all the earmarks of a trash book. She brought in Dr. Drew Pinsky to make some quotes in this. If you, if you thought it was trashy before. Um, <laughs> yeah, Mr. Celebrity Rehab. Yeah. He, he didn't really come in for a lot of like insight. He just said he was addicted to uh, opiates. David Carradine. That David Carradine was. I don't the know why. Why are they bringing a... in him to yeah. say this? She, right. she incorporated a lot of crazy people. There was like a... Uh, a sage. She had like gypsies involved in this book and like people that could tell the future. She had like the magic eight ball involved in this. She's doing her last grab for cash and bringing in a lot of wacky people and a lot of wacky scenarios. But I think she's also giving him outs as to why this could have happened. She said she did a self exorcism with olive oil to cleanse their house of the bad vibes after he died. Doesn't she know it's sage? Yeah. Why is she doing olive oil? Yeah. <laughs> She's a bad cook. Because she doesn't know what she's doing. She's like, let's see, what do I have in the house here? She brought we in went a to Trader Joe's she yesterday. Brought in a, a clairvoyant <laughs> to get the sage, damn it. She brought in a clairvoyant named John Edward who helped her unravel. Oh, what, John what, Edward. The what, John Edward? What really happened? Is in it Thailand. the John Edward? Yeah. Wow. Famed clairvoyant. The only person she's missing is Sylvia Brown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think she must have been ill at that time. Or like magicians or something. <laughs> yeah. Bring in Penn and Teller for the <laughs> yeah. hell of it. So according to the New York Post, his current wife when he died, Annie. Yeah. She was not into bondage at all. And so she even went as far as seeing a specialist about it. How, like, how do we repair this relationship? Oh, really? See, I didn't see that. And well, because like, I'm start focused... being a whore, you prude. <laughs> <laughs> That's but a yeah. crack cigarette he's smoking. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, she's the one that filed that wrongful death suit. So she well, she was got the wife something. at that time. So you know, she was... I still don't understand how she made any money off of that. I don't get it either. Yeah, she settled with the production company for yeah. four hundred thousand. That also, I know I've said this before on another podcast, but that could be just what his contract was. So they just paid her the money. Could have been. Yeah. Can I mention this? He was 72 years old jerking yeah. off. Like, like, how fucking... I, I would like to know that I would be able to get it up at 72. This yeah. guy's fucking doing wild sex tricks. It's true. Like, he's still, he's still got it. Yeah. 
He's getting something to look forward to. Yeah, Yeah. I guess we'll hopefully know what it's like to be in our 70s and really horny. (laughs) What, What I thought about when this happened was how insane it must be to die like that. Yeah. Your family members must be like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Keith Carradine, you know, respectable actor who we talked about from yeah. the Altman movies and from Madam Secretary and Dexter. Dexter. He doesn't even comment on it. He talks about David's life. They ask for their privacy. Yeah, after, he exactly. Yeah. He's not going to talk about the seediness of David's death. But Robert Carradine, I believe, talked about the fact that he thinks foul play was involved. Yeah. He talked about it at one point, but it's not something he's talking about at this point. That ship has sailed, I think. I'll say one more thing. I know, like, some family members, like, you know, there's one group of kids they had, and then the the parents got sick of each other, were going to get divorced, and then they had another group of kids. You never know which ones are going to be the crazier ones. You yeah. know, there's two different sets of like they were had for different reasons. Yeah. At different times. And you never know. The parents, it's a different stage of life that, you know, there's less focus on, on one part of that. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. Every member of the Carradine family clearly had a different, different life. amount of <laughs> yeah. Yeah, focus from this parent or that parent or yeah. a totally different experience. And yeah. when it came to David's death, they knew it wasn't suicide. Yeah. But they also didn't want to accept that it was some sort of solo Weird sex act gone yeah. wrong. And so it's really at this point just can we have our privacy and we're not really going to rule out that it was foul play. But yet, let's not talk about it either. They kind of knew deep down yeah. what was going on there. Because what is there to talk about really at this point? There's never going to be some golden door that swings open <laughs> with all the answers. Uh, yeah. Well, right here we're going to play. CNN did like a nice uh, tribute kind of retrospective with Quentin Tarantino and um, Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider. <laughs> and <laughs> a cast of characters. Michael here. Madsen. Michael Madsen. Yeah. And one more note is this is before they know it's a sex act. Yeah. yeah. Like, this is before David all Carradine that shit. found dead and according to a Thai police official hanging by a nylon rope in a hotel room closet in Bangkok. <laughs> the rope apparently from <laughs> the hotel what? room curtains. Sounds insane. Carradine's career included more than 100 this. films, two dozen television movies and theater work. He was part of an acting dynasty. He was 72 years old. With us is the famed director, Quentin Tarantino. He directed Larry's David like, That's young. Bill. Tarantino? Carradine, of course, was Bill. Chuck Binder is David Carradine's manager, or was his manager, sadly. In Boston, <laughs> Thanks for the Rob clarification. Schneider, yeah. An actor Ouch. with Carradine and Big Stan. Rob and Schneider. in Los Angeles as well. The wonderful Michael Madsen, actor and friend. He hosted David's Wedding in 2004. Wow. They worked on several films together. Michael, I understand you a spoke wedding to has the a host. widow today. Yeah. I spoke with her this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that if I was going to come on television and talk This is like David, Sling Blade. It was going to be all right with her. And Sounds like he's been eating hot coals. Jump up and start talking to everybody. And um, I think she's pretty confused and she would really like to find out the truth of what happened. Quentin, how no, do you, you don't want to find out. I literally, uh, I'm still in a state of shock. I literally heard about it uh, noon today. I got it very recently, so I I know pretty much only what you just read at the at the in the front. What was he like to direct? He was a dream. I mean, because you know, well, he was well, he, well. He's a fantastic actor, and he's a great character actor. I think he's also one of Hollywood's. Um, great mad geniuses when it comes to actors. You have these like kind of wild men actors, <laughs> and, and he was one of them. 
And Christopher Walken might be one of them. A few guys like that. And David Carradine was definitely one of them. And it was, it right, was a, just a pleasure. Go to with this. With. Chuck ought to be tremendous. How long were you his manager? Uh, the last six years. What was he like? There he's like, what? He was, I got to talk to this manager here. How, how did you get him cranked too? Great. Was friends with yeah, it sounds like he needed a better manager. People kept rehiring. He got him, him. big stand with <laughs> Rob <laughs> Schneider. More clients like that. Did you learn anything about the death today? Did you talk to Thailand? Uh, did, you talk to, did you talk Hi, to the country Thailand? of Thailand? Did uh, to am Thailand? I dialing the right number? Is this Thailand? <laughs> Can I talk to the manager of Thailand? <laughs> yes, I'll hold. Did you talk to Thailand? Hold on one second. I'm talking to Thailand right now. <laughs> and, and the song while you're on hold is One Night in Bangkok. <laughs> <laughs> Holding for Thailand. <laughs> Get me on the horn with Thailand. I got Thailand on line one right there. There was a problem on the. They were doing a movie there. Yeah, he was shooting a picture called Stretch there, and he. Uh, a picture. He said, "Yeah, you know, not a movie, a picture." Movie. Yeah, he was dead. And I, I thought a I film. Thought he was, was shooting joke. a talkie. Really what do you make of all the stories about the hanging and the suicide? And obviously, oh, we don't know enough yet. But. I don't think he was suicidal. <laughs> oh, Michael Madsen interjecting. Yeah, I didn't talk to Annie about that, and she said that you know. The most important thing that she wanted everybody to know drop. is that David Boy. was not suicidal, that he wasn't depressed, and that he wasn't going to. Boy, it sounds like Michael Madsen's on his like deathbed he here. Job and working. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the we know he is, didn't I mean, die. That's the thing that I yeah, really but... just can't get my head around because there might have been a period of David's long life that he could have been suicidal, but this wasn't. Yeah, like the when time. he was five years old. Oh, wow. Do you agree, Chuck? This yeah, appearance I mean, is Michael Madsen's stretch. To come back and do. He was shooting this picture there. He just bought a brand new car. He was really oh, he got a brand new Honda. Brand new okay, never mind. <laughs> they really you didn't mention that. Guy's they got a Rav Four. They didn't big stand, right? Yes. Oh, here, it's yeah, got well, a CD player. You got too much to rap for. <laughs> <laughs> Larry King is finally acknowledging Rob Schneider, who's on via satellite. Live from Boston, David's yeah. wife, Peter. a few hours ago, and uh, and she wanted to, you know, uh, to let people know that everything you've heard in, in the in the press right now is just rumor. There is no uh, there is no official statement from the. He's authorities trying to show his cred that he happened. talked to the widow. Everything you've yeah. heard is rumor. Everything you've heard is rumor. So there must have been, you know, whispers of yeah. this was a sex act gone wrong. Yeah. It's interesting. He's on there with the likes of Quentin Tarantino. They both directed Carradine in a movie. And look at the difference in quality in the movies they directed him in. Yeah. Schneider directed him in Big Stan and Tarantino killed him. I'm going to watch this movie Big Stan now. Yeah. Must but watch. like to put them right next to each other in the yeah. street. <laughs> if I was Tarantino, I would walk off the set. But yeah. you can't at that point because yeah. Michael Madsen's there and you feel like if you don't, maybe they just sandbagged him like, oh yeah, here's a fucking rock. <laughs> like, all right, we're doing a tribute to Jerry Lewis. We have Jerry Seinfeld over here. And then carrot top. What do you got yeah. to say? <laughs> yeah, man. To, to act like these are uh, movies that are Equals. of the same ilk. Yes. <laughs> you're a director. You're a director. You're the same thing. You're the same. Right. You're the same. Yeah. You're the same guy. Same guy. Same job. Mama same mia. everything. Oh, Quentin. That it's is... like Francis Ford Coppola next to like Ed Wood or like Ronnie, Ronnie Dangerfield or us. Yeah. <laughs> I was doing a scene with David, and we were doing the Kelly, the Filipino oh, okay. Kelly, the scream of sticks. 
And he didn't like to rehearse a lot of this. He just liked to wing it, you know, because he's a natural. He was really a fantastic he just, athlete. Because he think he's too good you, for you. By David, you stay Cecil hit. B. Anyway, Schneider over here. That we were trying to do, and he hit me, and he broke my finger. And he kept David hitting me, and, and it was really David. funny. And, and I, I had to walk he beat away me so up. I wouldn't raise my voice. And as I'm walking away, I, I hear this voice coming up behind me, and he says, Rob, I hope this doesn't affect our relationship. Rob Schneider is like a carry-on of death. Because when McDonald, Norm McDonald died, there was Rob Schneider on the morning talk shows remembering Norm McDonald. He's a piece of garbage. Why is he the guy? And as an adult, I admired and respected him. We'll all miss him terribly. Back in 60 seconds. Go to the part, though, where Tarantino is taken by his own work. Oh, yeah, yeah. Here we go. And what are the characteristics of Clark Kent? He's weak. He's unsure of himself. He's a coward. Clark Kent is Superman's critique on the whole human race. The show of David. <laughs> I forgot where I was for two seconds. It was just yeah. digging on him doing it. Yeah, it I was just digging on my own work, man. Work. I was he drunk was on my work, dog. <laughs> uh, Sipping his own Kool Aid there. Yeah. Well, you know that's what he has. You know he loves these movies and these characters. That's Quentin tugging his own belt. Like I know him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's tugging on his own Johnson and stretching it, like stretch the movie. And he uh, died by hanging himself. With his Johnson. Poor guy. Tied up. <laughs> oh. Is he? I don't know. I don't know if he's a sympathetic character that much. Yeah, after hearing about this uh, pedophiles. Well, but uh, pedophile yeah, stuff. also you have pedophiles. to, you <laughs> have got, to look at it his pedophile through on. the lens of having Drew Pinsky and this wise uh, sage or whatever this other person was. Yeah. The medium or something. And I think we can definitively say that it was not a martial arts sect that took him out. I don't know if we can definitively. I don't know say if we could definitively say anything. Get out of here. What, what, what's your What's your take? Let's have, Let's everyone go around and give us your take. It's Kyle, you start it off. I think the uh, prevailing theory for me would be, yeah, he was messing around with somebody else. I don't know. It is weird that he was in a closet, though. Like you can hang yourself from any number of places, but you'd have to see the mechanics of that room in the True. layout in order to see if that I was got the best it. Way. What? So this is autoerotic asphyxiation. Sure. Yeah. Yep. And that involves reducing the oxygen supply to the brain. Yes. While masturbating. Sure. To achieve a heightened orgasm. Well, while attempting to achieve that, he croaked. Yeah. Well, well that, certainly. That, that's what people. Yeah. That's the primary. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Well, and I my, believe my, the primary thing. Michael Hutchins did this too. The, yeah. The, the rock in singer. excess. In excess. Yeah. He did the or, same thing in Australia. As I called them in college before someone corrected me. Inxus. I N X S. Oh wow. Ah. Uh, we we learn a lot about Alejandro on the yep. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised he admitted it. <laughs> It's Who? Fine. Oh, I thought you were talking about. I thought you were talking something. about Michael Hutchins. I'm yeah. like, I, he had no choice. He was found hanging dead. By Him his, too, with his dick out. But I do think. Ooh, that he had his dick out. Ooh, ooh, he I, got off. I do think. And then he some went out. Type of sex worker was with David Carradine as well at some point. Yeah, but he may have been alone. Even if he wasn't, like, what is the sex worker going to do? 
try to resuscitate him. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, I was just trying to help no, this guy get off. They're going to get the hell out of Dodge. Yeah. The fact well, that both of his hands were tied is weird to me. Maybe he liked it like that. Ooh, baby, I like it like that. No, but like, Bangkok, if you get arrested for something like that, like they, you get put to death. Like if you're one of that sex work, that sex worker that might have been there, if if they got caught, they get put to death. So so they're like, I'm fucking out of here. Was that heck? true? Oh yeah, Thai sex workers get murdered by the government. That's quite an accusation. Wow. Well, we're throwing a lot a lot of wild accusations <laughs> are going on here. Okay. <laughs> I feel like that's where people go for that stuff. Yeah, well, you like think that the Catholic priests go there? It's illegal. Yeah, it, it and guys go there for the lady boys. Well, yeah, that's another like uh, what they call it sexual um, touristry. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thailand and the Philippines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the big hot spots. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think he was kind of dancing a little too close to the sun with his kind of jerk off you know, wildness. And I think he just got a little too deep and just at the age of 72, you imagine he's been doing it for a while. And, yeah. then, you know, he's just like, he's got to really get deeper and deeper into it to keep enjoying it. Like most drugs or most anything, yeah. you know, and then you just get too into it and need too much of it. And then he just kind of killed himself. And that was that. I, yeah. I think he was a fucked up guy. I think. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I think his parents oh, relationship really fucked him up. I have a blind item here. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, here we go. The actor was A-list for a brief period of time when he started in a network television show, supposedly Kung Fu, for mm-hmm. several seasons. Other than that, there were more lows than highs for a couple generations before his, the family, was in movies. Our actor's father's best friend was old Hollywood Harvey, they called him. Not Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Another guy. And apparently our actor did some work for old Hollywood Harvey, which landed our actor his sole starring role, Kung Fu again. So that favor was supposed to be just roughing someone up, but it accidentally led to his death. Old Hollywood Harvey covered it up and made sure the actor got the television role to keep him quiet. Oh, my God. Well, apparently everyone in the family knew what happened. They also knew not to say anything when our actor was murdered. No police were called, no cause of death released, just a quiet funeral, sparsely attended. And they're claiming this was David Carradine. So David Carradine Carradine killed a guy? Killed a guy back in the day, and it came back to haunt him. Allegedly. Allegedly, supposedly. Oh my God. Who's Hollywood Harvey? They think it's some guy named Eddie Mannix that was a friend of the family. Shit. Okay. Eddie Mannix was an American film studio executive and producer. So really, not unlike who Harvey Weinstein was. Yeah, yeah never know. There is a lot of that shit out there. Yeah. A lot of random shit that yeah. like... There's a lot of whispers about David Carradine. Unsubstantiated. Totally unsubstantiated. Yeah. Well, there you well, go. More is conspiracy. David Carradine on our shit list? <laughs> uh, I don't know. No, 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 no. Well, he's possible let's pedophile. That, let's not go that far. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to say, yeah, there was a small funeral, and he was buried at Forest Lawn a couple weeks after the death. So he's out here. Yeah, out here. Yeah. In LA. He was brought back from Bangkok. Nice. Yeah. So who says he can't go home? (laughs) Ain't it a bitch? (laughs) Hey. uh, (laughs) Who says he can't go home? Being a fake Asian guy on TV and dying (laughs) later, ain't it a bitch? (laughs) Oh, shit. 
Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, this Marina Anderson woman also tried to sue Carradine himself in 2003 for $300,000. Yeah. Alleging that she helped him get the role in Kill Bill. That's hilarious. (laughs) She said she started writing the book way before his death. So she she had been working on this Uh, for a while. She had a draft somewhere. The cover was already settled. So by the time (laughs) after he kills himself, probably some book company's like, all right, we'll pay you for this. Yeah. She... She throws she finally in. got the chance. Her editor is like, let's get Drew Pinsky and some other bullshit involved in this. <laughs> My God, <laughs> David Carradine really had a troubled life and childhood because yeah. his fourth arrest in 1974 was for attempted burglary and malicious mischief. So this is from IMDb. While under the influence of peyote, a nude Carradine <laughs> began wandering around his Laurel Canyon neighborhood. He broke into his neighbor's home, shattering a window and cutting his arm. He then bled all over the homeowner's piano. At some time during this episode, he accosted two young women, allegedly assaulting one while asking or demanding of her if she was a witch. The police literally followed a trail of blood to his home. The burglary charges were dropped as nothing was found to be missing, while Carradine pleaded no contest to the mischief charge and was given probation. He was never charged with assault, but the young woman sued him for $1.1 million and was awarded twenty grand. That's so fun. That's such a knockdown from what she asked. But... In, if we're going after arrest in 1980, he was arrested in South Africa while filming Safari <laughs> 3000 for marijuana. Oh. Um, he was convicted and given a suspended sentence. He thinks he was framed because of the apartheid government because he was caught dancing with Tina Turner. Oh, my God. This- and we all. And how do you top Death Race 2000? Safari 3000. 3000. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what? Let's also acknowledge, you know, he was a family man and yeah. he hosted Saturday Night Live Ancestral family in man. 1980 during their worst season ever. The season Charles Rocket was on. Hey. Yeah. And he did the entire episode as his kung fu character. Coming, of course he did. Coming in and out of sketches. Yeah. And John Carradine was in the audience and proud of his son. Daddy Carradine, you proud of me? Finally. He was proud of his son. Just trying to end this on a positive note. Yeah. Any, I don't uh, know if we can. Any, yeah, well, like the, the circumstances are wild. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> There's no good story here besides, you know, nothing. Um, I'm sure his family's fine. They're a big, yeah. happy, uh, you know, acting family. Oh, absolutely. The, the, bro- the half-brothers are doing well. You know, they're still absolutely. acting and stuff. And, um it, it Revenge was, of the nerds. I'd never believed those two were brothers. But That's funny. Never made sense. Nerds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Any final thoughts, guys? No, I'm wiped. Instagram, Death and Entertainment, at Death and Entertainment anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twitter, at Diepod2021. Yes. YouTube, Blowing Death up. Entertainment. Blowing up. Yes. Get it while you can still get on it. Yep, we're still we taking st- we subscribers. Might, we might start rejecting them soon, though, so get in there. And, hey, forget whatever we just said. Go watch Kill Bill. It's a good performance. One Hell yeah. And, one and two. It's great. Go check out The Hand. Have a nice jerk after it. In part one, but you can see his face in part two. There yeah. you go. And if you're in Thailand, you know, don't do any funny stuff in the closet. Yeah. As Mark said last episode, 
Don't go dying on us. Yeah, don't go dying on us. <laughs> Stay healthy, folks. Ain't it a bitch? Bye. You have just heard... A true Hollywood murder mystery. I have never seen anything like this before. The movies, Broadway, music, television, all of it. A place that manufactures nightmares. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. Good night. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. <laughs>